What's poppin' everybody? Blake Neiman back at you with some more local and national sports. Rolling at you with another episode of Blake's Take. We're getting right into it with some NFL. We're going to spend the last couple of days this week on one of the most legendary Super Bowl matchups we have ever seen and the greatest to ever do it in Tom Brady facing off in his 10th Super Bowl against the challenger to his throne, defending champ Patrick Mahomes. Regardless of who wins on Sunday, history will be made when the Buccaneers and Chase and Chiefs face off in Super Bowl 55. Specifically, history will be made at the quarterback position with a win. Tom Brady will add to his record six Super Bowl wins. Brady will also extend his record as the oldest quarterback to win the Super Bowl. His counterpart, though, Patrick Mahomes, could become the youngest player to win multiple Super Bowl MVP trophies. He would also become the youngest quarterback to win two Super Bowls and league MVP. But is Brady versus Mahomes the best Super Bowl quarterback matchup we have ever seen? Let's take a deeper look at it. Widely considered to be the NFL's best quarterback right now, Mahomes is also the youngest player in the NFL history to win regular season and Super Bowl MVP trophies. And while he is only in his third season as a starting quarterback, Mahomes would already have a strong Hall of Fame argument if his career ended today. On the other side, though, at 43, Brady has shown no signs of decline. A member of this year's NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team, Brady is widely considered to be the greatest quarterback who has ever played at the position. He is also the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time with nine prior appearances, six rings, and four Super Bowl MVPs to boot. To date, this is a matchup of the best quarterbacks of all time against the NFL's best quarterback today, who 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 is well on his way to being the NFL's all-time great with Patrick Mahomes on that trajectory. Personally, with Brady's all-time GOAT status as of now, and Mahomes' potential to pass him by the end of his career makes this matchup potentially the greatest Super Bowl matchup to date. Now, don't get me wrong, I have not forgotten about the incredible matchups that came before this one we have coming up in on Sunday. And these two once-in-a-generation talents are incredible, but there have been incredible ones before this. Moreno, Montana, Elway versus Favre, Bradshaw versus Staubach, Staubach. Manning versus Brees, and Rodgers versus Roethlisberger's, and so many more. All of these guys were all-time greats, and some, and they all still are. And heck, Roethlisberger and Rodgers are still in there. Uh, Roger, Roethlisberger's kind of end of his prime, but they're still in the league, nonetheless. And but Brady and Mahomes are just well on their way into a different classification. Brady has already put himself there. And in my opinion, Mahomes has to win this Super Bowl in order to prove that this matchup was worth all the hype. If Mahomes does not win this Super Bowl, Brady will have seven rings. Seven. That is unheard of. No other player in NFL history, I don't think, in the next century at least, Will ever win seven rings. That is seven seasons. He had ten Super Bowl appearances nonetheless. That means a decade of your career. You have to make it to the top of the game's most elite teams. 
So as well as Patrick Mahomes will have lost to a 43-year-old quarterback with his first team this year, no disrespect intended to Tom Brady. So he would have lost to a 43-year-old all-time GOAT player. But nonetheless, he is still 43, and Patrick Mahomes is the youngest, most incredible star we have ever seen in the league so therefore if Patrick Mahomes win this Super Bowl it will go down as the greatest Super Bowl matchup in NFL history as far as the quarterback position so glad that we will get to see this this Sunday I can't wait to see Mahomes and Brady battle it out for the third time they have ever done it AFC championship they lost and then Mahomes and them faced off this year Tyreek had Tyreek Hill had 203 yards eight receptions in the first quarter of that game. He's the real weapon here. But I'll get in that, into that more in depth tomorrow. But you, you're getting, we're getting there. The hype is getting there for Super Bowl Sunday. Can't wait. It's always staying on my toes. So eager to watch it. As far as NBA, we've got some more news on what the NBA All-Star Game could look like this year. The NBA and National Basketball Play- Players Association... We'll have a finalized agreement for an All-Star game on March 7th in Atlanta by next week. The single-night event will include the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference game, as well as skills competitions such as the Dong Contest and the little uh, shooting contest that they have called the Three-Point Contest, we obviously know. The NBA and the MBPA are finalizing details on the health and safety protocols that will govern all the All-Star participations and those who players dispersing from the league's March 5th through 10th break. The memo said the All-Star game and skills competitions will be held at State Farm Arena, home of the Atlanta Hawks. The MBPA and the NBA have been working through the details of a scaled-down event that centers of transporting, transporting players in and out of Atlanta in a significantly shorter window of time than it would be normally for a typical all-star weekend where we normally have like a three-day event starting on Friday going through Sunday. The NBA and the union are increasingly confident that enough of the league's top players are willing to participate in this year's all-star game during a tight mid-season break in the condensed pandemic schedule. Outside of the conference finals and NBA finals, the All-Star Game is traditionally a top fan engagement for the league. Another factor motivating the attempt to salvage this event uh, this season is the raw financial impact of the game is not immediately clear. Because the league reduced the regular season by 10 games and doesn't have a separate All-Star Game television deal, the league could also have generated more revenue this season by just filling this weekend with more regular season games. But in my opinion, I think the All-Star Game is always way more better than just some regular season games that we see all year. The NBA has made the All-Star Game mandatory for players in the past, but games during much of the pandemic, including the Orlando restart in 2020-21, have included opt-out clauses that believed to be part of the decision discussions that are going around the All-Star Game as well. The NBA had a mid-season break set for March 5th through 10th. Some teams will resume the season on March 11th. The NBA is expected to release a schedule for the second half of the season in the next two to three weeks. So it's looking like some mixed feelings for this year's All-Star Game, with many players are excited to have some break, burn off some energy and some of that stress from the pandemic, while some other players are even stressing even more about the COVID dangers that lie in Atlanta and not necessarily the greatest protocols. Not going to get into that, 
But some players, such as LeBron James, are skeptical about this, as well as De'Aaron Fox. They're just thinking it's a kind of a waste, especially when there's not such a huge television deal surrounded about it. And with not so many fans and all the celebrity hype around it that we saw in Chicago even just last year. I remember seeing all those TikTok girls uh, dancing at halftime and all the rappers coming in and all the incredible All-Star action. Kawhi won MVP of the All-Star game. Let's not forget that all happened just a year ago. I mean, I hope we will have an All-Star game this year because it's always so fun to see the most elite talents on the world just ballot it out. So we shall see if we will get an All-Star game or not at all and what the players will act in. If we do get a game at all, what players will actually participate in the highly anticipated annual event for the NBA. As far as local sports, we have some good news for one team, but not so good news for another. Let's get straight to the good news, though, where the Beefs absolutely dominated against the Washington Huskies. The Beavs scored out the outscored the Huskies 91 to 71 with not one, not two, not three, not even four, but all five are starters scoring in double figures. Let's go. Holy smokes. Five starters. I can't believe it. We normally only get one with the Easton Thompson Jr., but the chemistry was immaculate last night for the Beavs. Holy smokes. What an incredible performance by the starters. Really stepping up last night, getting that chemistry down, getting all the ball movement. This is the best I've ever seen the Beavs perform this season. And Jordan Lucas uh, hit five three-pointers and scored 19 points. Whereas Altisi had a double-double, and Oregon State never trailed once in this game. Altisi had 15 points and 11 rebounds for the Beavers. Zach Reekley scored 17 points and a career-high 8 assists. And Ethan Thompson had 16 points and 7 assists as Oregon State had 25 assists on 32 baskets. You can see why these starters were getting involved with all the ball movement and incredible passes going on. Also, Roman Silva added 14 points on 6 of 7 shooting as the team went on 32 of 65 for its highest scoring game against a D1 opponent this season. Just a beautiful sight to see a team like Oregon State. Just incredible accomplishment for them last night after all they've been through. They are at the peak of their game, and they are not going anywhere. They are the underdog in this Pac-12 championship race, and I can't wait to see what more they're going to do. If they keep playing like this, they are going to be unstoppable. And I've said that in increments, but last night was a whole new level with the all-stars, with the, all the starters getting involved, getting in double figures. That is the best I've seen the starters and Oregon State's overall play this season. It was incredible to watch. As far as the bad news, the Ducks lost to the Washington State Cougars 74-71 in the close nail-biter victory. Isaac Vaughton scored 23 points and Washington State made 6 of 8 free throws in the final 30 seconds to defeat Oregon 74-71 on Thursday night. The Cougars' first win in Eugene since 2009. First ever First ever in Matthew Knight Arena. Holy cow. I mean, considering how long the Pac-12 basketball has run around, that is their first win ever in Matthew Knight Arena. Holy cow. Noah Williams scored 14 points for Washington State, which made 18 of 24 three throws in the second half. Williams and Bonton each made three of four in the last minute. Eugene Amarayu 
scored 21 points for the Ducks, who were playing just their second game since January 9th due to COVID-19 protocols. Leading scorer Chris Dewart and leading rebounder FJ Figueroa missed the last game and in the game suffered injuries. Oregon point guard Will Richardson played his first game with a heavily taped left thumb injured this preseason. He was held to just four free throws below a three-point attempt play with 26.7 seconds left, a layup with 18 seconds left, and a free throw with 3.6 seconds remaining, giving him 10 points in just a short span within a minute of the last game. It was pretty interesting to see. He also had six rebounds and five assists but also had five turnovers, but not too bad with a guy with a broken thumb. So unfortunate loss for the Ducks, but incredible. Back to that incredible win for the Bees. I can't wait to see who truly shows in the Pac-12, and especially in Oregon, in the Oregon State, who's truly going to show their colors and who is going to really prove themselves in February that they deserve a spot in this March Madness NCAA bracket. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all that wonderful news. Hopefully an all-star game. Incredible Super Bowl matchup for the for the two incredible quarterbacks, all-time greats, and the incredible win by Oregon State. Hope you enjoyed all that. You can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash the like button as well. As well. I would really appreciate that. It would help my channel a lot. And I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your night.